Jenny Green. Weekdays from 3 on 2FM. The sound of the nation. Right now, it is time for us to check in with Gavin Cooney for the first time this year. Uh, we're only starting the year and we're, we're kicking off with your old pal, Gav Novak Djokovic. <laughs> and I knew when I saw this this morning, I was like, I know this is going to be his first story. And I was right. Yeah, correct and right. Our old pal Novak's, uh, he's causing an unholy row. Uh, he has been granted a medical exemption, allowing him to get around the mandate to have a vaccine at the Australian Open. So he will be competing uh, in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time, where he may beat the record and become the most um, successful male tennis player in Grand Slam history. Now, as even an occasional listener to this slot uh, will be aware, the Djokovic has never been too far from the headlines since the pandemic started. Uh, Jenny, you may remember the Adria Tour event that he tried to, uh, that he arranged in the summer yes, of 2020. Yes, I do. Didn't really bother with any social distancing rules and thus became a super spreader event of such ill repute that it was shut down early. Uh, Djokovic then came out talking about scepticism in relation to vaccines. He did subsequently walk that back and he said he was only against mandatory vaccination. Uh, but he hasn't publicly stated his vaccine status, whether he's got the jab or not, uh, which caused a lot of speculation because, as I mentioned, if you're going to play in the Australian Open over the next couple of weeks, you need to be vaccinated or else you can get around it with a, an exemption granted by an independent panel. And as it turns out, Djokovic has got the exemption. He's the only male player we know as of yet to have got one. So this is uh, so he's going to Australia and it's caused it's already caused a backlash online. I haven't seen too many high profile people speak out about it yet. But, you know, the people of Melbourne were subject to one of the harsher lockdowns uh, in the world. And vaccination has been made a, a central tenet of their um, uh, journey out of it. Uh, and now the fact that Djokovic is coming down with uh, with a far from distinguished record since this whole nightmare began in 2020. And now he's getting a around the vaccine mandate. So yeah, uh, this will not be the last time that we talk about Novak Djokovic. I have no doubt. It's just the fact that you have to be vaccinated to play or you have to have an exemption. So surely what is the point in insisting on the vaccination if you can just get an exemption? I know. I mean, they and like the tournament organisers did say that they'd be, you know, it was an independent panel of medical experts, so it wouldn't be easily got. And I know there are some people uh, who uh, who haven't who have applied and not got them. There's some like Russian players who took the you know the Sputnik vaccine, and that's not been recognised, so they can't play. But Novak Djokovic, the biggest and best tennis player in the world, for some reason, is playing in Melbourne. Uh, for so for the, that exact uh, reason, the biggest and best tennis player in the world. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, now, if you're struggling back at work today after Christmas, um, we could do worse than take the approach of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antonio Brown, tell us about this. Oh, it's, always, it's the worst day back at work every year, isn't it? it the good yeah. news, listener, is it's nearly five o'clock, so it is nearly over. Um, and if you didn't really fancy it and you went into work this morning and didn't fancy it and felt, actually, this just isn't for me anymore, you could have done an Antonio Brown on it. He walked out on the... Uh, Bucks win against New York Jets at the weekend. He uh, he appeared animated during the game and while well, he was talking to his teammate Mike Evans. He tried to calm him down, but there was no calming Antonio Brown down. So he then stripped off his pads, his jersey, his gloves, his T-shirt. He tossed the gloves and the T-shirt into the stands and then walked bare-chested down the sideline into the end zone, then waved to fans in four corners of the stadium and then jogged off down the touchline. And I uh, jogged, uh, jogged off down the tunnel, should I say, and he has quit. Uh, that's that's him out. Uh, so Bruce Arians, his coach, said that, look, Antonio is no longer a book. That's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys who went out there and won the game. So, yeah, you could take that approach, although I have to say it doesn't work as well if you're working from home at the moment. Uh, so maybe only... <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe only if you're in the office. And if you have um, a multi-million dollar salary, you're probably slightly more <laughs> yeah. able to. You have something yeah. to fall back have on. A, have a plan B, absolutely. Have That's the safety it. net there before you do that, all right? <laughs> uh, now, a giant golden statue of Cristiano Ronaldo is causing controversy in India. I'll let you explain exactly why. There are several statues of Ronaldo, of Ronaldo around the world, uh, of which I'm sure Ronaldo is delighted. Uh, but nearly all of them have managed to court some kind of controversy or scorn. So there's one giant uh, life-size one on the, when I say life-size, he hopes it is, because it's on his home, uh, home island of Madeira. It bizarrely features him uh, <laughs> aroused. I think uh, someone took the idea of an erected statue too literally. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then there's another bust of him at Madeira Airport. That just simply doesn't look anything like him. It looks like a cross between Niall Quinn and Harvey Dent from the Chris Nolan Batman movies. <laughs> uh, but there is another one that does look like him. It's uh, it's carved out of gold, or it is it's coloured gold anyway, and it's been erected in the southern Indian state of Goa. But it's causing controversy because locals are accusing officials of insensitivity for honouring a sports car, a sports star from the region's former colonial power. Of Portugal. Uh, so Portugal only granted the uh, province of Goa independence in 1961. So this is effectively like someone building a statue like Harry Kane or David Beckham in like Drogheda or Connacht or somewhere. You know. So also, what I don't understand is why are they putting statues of him up in different countries that he has nothing to do with? Well, the local minister, uh, Michael Lobo, says this is an aim to inspire young people uh, to excel not just inside the country, but internationally, he says all the boys and girls who want to make a football, want to make football their career will get inspired by people like Cristiano Ronaldo. So they've written on the plaque, if you pursue your dream and you're passionate about it, uh, then you can reach a higher goal. Um, <laughs> it has also that has also been uh, festooned uh, with protests. So I'm not sure how long <laughs> I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Uh, there was obviously the spate of statue felling uh, back in the kind of frenzied summer of 2020. We might see it in the early weeks of 2022 with Cristiano. Okay, let's hope we don't get a statue here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, now, Arsenal goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale profited from his unpopularity among fans during the Christmas schedule. Yeah, uh, Aaron Ramsdale managed to uh, royally annoy the Leeds fans during uh, Arsenal's win at Elland Road in December. He goaded the opposition fans, he blew them kisses, he winked and he celebrated in front of them, for which he was festooned by various objects, including lighters, e-cigarettes and coins, uh, to the point where he gathered all the coins up and revealed after the game that he made 17 quid. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, so he went in and spoke to Leeds Calvin Phillips and said, mate, your fans must be loaded uh, because they're after chucking almost 20 quid in my direction. <laughs> uh, now, elsewhere, the Chinese state have got tough on tattoos. Yeah, so footballers are not exempt from the Chinese Communist Party's drive for purity. They have this this cultural drive on at the moment. Like, for instance, uh, they've cut kids' daily allowance of video games to a single hour and footballers have fallen under this rule as well. So we spoke about it actually on the show before that they're not, uh, the national players uh, of the Chinese team are not allowed to uh, display their tattoos. And mm. uh, now it's gone one further and say, you can't get any new ones and you have to get the ones that you have removed. Uh, they wow. can they can be covered rather than removed in special circumstances. Uh, the circumstances include, you need the, the consent of your entire team. So everyone has to come together and basically say, if it's all right for whoever's playing in midfield, is it all right if he keeps his tattoo or does he have to go and get 
it you know cert laser uh, removed with a laser uh, and then under 20 national teams and those even younger are now prohibited from recruiting anyone with tattoos so um this is yeah, shocking yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy so like not not a whole lot of free expression as you might expect the Chinese football team. No. Uh, and lastly, we return to America for one of the weirder sports traditions, Gav. I would describe this as grotesque. Uh, the Mayo Bowl is an annual college football game in the US. At the end of 2021, it was con- contested by the Carolinas. South Carolina won. Um, but the game is sponsored by an American mayonnaise manufacturer. So it's part of the tradition of winning. The victorious head coach was sat on a chair in front of television cameras and doused in four and a half gallons of their finest mayonnaise. Oh. Uh, so obviously, you know, you've seen it like with, they do it with the Gatorade. Yeah, sorry, listeners, we should have put a health warning on this. Uh, you see it with the Gatorade among NFL coaches and so on. But this is a far more kind of viscous and gloopy prospect. Uh, Shane Beamer was the coach. He did it all in, in good uh, in good heart and good jest. And he did earn $10,000 for the charity of his choice from the manufacturers of said mayonnaise. You can look it up online if you are uh, if you really want to, but... Uh, I would recommend you don't. I might give it a miss if that's all right. <laughs> give it a miss. It's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, the, uh, it's, like, I know it's not even a good, like, you know, like Dick and Dom and the Bungalow and which like those shows that made. Where they'd like gunge people or like hat sharp yeah. and things. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's even, it is actually worse than gunge because it's gloopier and it's just a little bit, you know, yellow. I, I think it's oilier. I, I don't reckon that will wash oh. out too well. <laughs> oh, poor guy. And um, he did, like, he, I suppose he took it in good uh, in good humour. On that lovely note, uh, Gavin Cooney, Happy New Year. Great to have you back. And we will chat to you again next week. I will look forward to a little update on our pal Djokovic. <laughs> it's coming. Guaranteed. Might be, a, might be a weekly thing. Happy New Year, Jenny. <laughs> Thanks, Emil. Here we go. Jenny Green, weekdays from three on 2FM. The sound of the nation. The nation.